Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you hear me? Praise God. Let's just um, just lift our hands and just worship God again from our hearts and just give Him praise. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. Just from Your heart, just worship the Lord. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your tender mercies and Your compassion. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. You're such a good, good Father. Hallelujah. Lord, we love You. We bless You. We magnify You. We glorify You. Thank You. Thank You, Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worthy of glory. Worthy of honor. Worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We make much of the blood this morning. We come and we make much of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out so our sins could be forgiven, so we can have access into the Holy of Holies, so that we can have confidence to come and to speak with you and hear from you and, and, and fellowship with you and be in your presence. And Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. We make much of the blood. We thank you for the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over every member of Grace Harvest Church, Lord God, and every person that's here in person and every person that can't be that's watching online, Lord God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus covering them and covering their families and covering their homes, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. We're so thankful, so grateful for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. 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 For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Such a good, good Lord. Such a good, good Father. Glory be to God. Worthy of praise. Worthy of honor. Worthy of glory. Worthy of our lives. Worthy of our service. Worthy of the fruit of our lips bringing praise to your name. You alone are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you for this morning together. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and teach through me. Holy Spirit, teach your people the Word of God. Bring revelation. Bring understanding. Bring insight. Bring clarity. Bring direction and bring vision, Lord God. Lord, encourage your people this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your Word going forth and accomplishing what you sent it forth to do this morning. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, He's worthy. We couldn't, we couldn't thank Him enough for what He's done for us, how good He's been to us. Um, if we, if we just spent the whole service just from our hearts, lifting our voices and worshiping God and thanking God and praising Him for all that we've done and for the, the breath that we have and the life and for the blood of Jesus, He's worthy of more than that. And, and so, um, we may spend some more time a little bit later just doing that, but, but we'll see how the Lord leads. But praise God, it's good to be here in Holiday, Florida with you all. And, and, uh, I've been actually been at this church a couple times. I was here when, uh, it was dedicated and, uh, I can find out that date because there's a plaque back there. So I know the first time I was here and then I was here again, um, another time visiting when there was a, a meeting. Um, so I recognize many of your faces. Um, but it's good to be here. Uh, I want to thank, um, Pastor David and Scarlett. Um, for allowing me to come and share and minister and share what God's been doing. And uh, thank you for coming. And those of you that are watching online, um, believing that you're going to receive the same anointing, the same word, the same revelation um, as those that are here in person. 
and there's not, no time or distance in the spirit. So, uh, praise God. I'll give you a little overview of, of my family and, and, and my, my family and I are, are missionaries, um, in, in China. We've been over there for 13 years. It was actually 13 years this past July 4th. And, uh, we moved to China, uh, with $35 of monthly support and a seven month old baby. So I always ask, is anybody that, that wants to move to China with $35 of monthly support and a seven month old baby? And we've had a couple, I've had a couple people over the years that have, um, uh, actually raised their hand to that. And one of them was a guy who'd, he'd spent quite a bit of time doing drugs. And so his mind wasn't real clear. And so he didn't really exactly know what he was raising his hand for. He, he was a little confused. And, and then the other person kind of misunderstood what I was saying. And, and after I, you know, reiterated what I was speaking about, they slowly, re- quickly retracted, you know, their willingness to move to China with $35 a month of support and a seven month old baby. But, you know, God is good and he's faithful. And so now, 13 years, it was actually 13 years this past July 4th, uh, so we're in our 14th year, but uh, we left on July 3rd, we spent the 4th of July in the air, and we landed on the on July 5th, because it's a, you know, it's an out 12 hours ahead, but uh, God is so good, and even though we left with a small amount, we we left with faith in God, and we stepped out on the word, and God's promises, and, and, and he's been more than enough, and we'll share some more about what God has been doing but first I want to share the word and, and you think, well, he's teaching out of his phone. Well, the reason I teach out of my phone is because in China, if the police show up, it's a whole lot easier to make my phone, the Bible on my phone disappear than the Bible if I'm carrying a Bible. So I've just got used to preaching out of my phone. And you know what? The police have shown up a few times and I've had to, you know, we've ran out the back door. There's no back door there. Uh, I remember... I think it was Brother Hagen used to say, he went into, I don't, if it wasn't Brother Hagen, it was somebody else, but that they, or he was telling the story of somebody else, but he went into one church and they were handling snakes. Thank God there's no snakes here this morning. But, but, um, he, they were, they, or they were handling snakes or talking about it and he said, where's the back door? And they said, we don't have one. And he said, well, where would you like the back door? <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, God is so good and, uh, uh, I got my train of thought, telling the, the story, my train of thought was derailed, but um, God is so faithful, and uh, he's been good to us. I want to share with the, share the word this morning um, concerning, this is a, a church that teaches grace, it teaches on the grace of God, and, and really everything we've been able to do in Asia is by the grace of God. I'll, I'll give you a little background of, of my, my personal background, I, I was born in California, so don't hold that against me. Any other California people here? Okay, so there's one. So a couple of people. Okay, so uh, and it's a great place to be from. And um, uh, but born in California and out in the middle of nowhere, I didn't have running water or electricity or a flush toilet or a, a telephone or uh, electricity, anything. And so uh, and uh, God was uh, very merciful to me, and I got born again. And uh, but. I didn't start going to school until I was in the fourth grade. So I was really, really far behind. There was no bus that came. I was out in the middle of nowhere, and there was no bus that came to pick me up. So I was like um, 30-something miles, 35 miles from the school, and there was the bus wouldn't come, didn't come down that road. There was a bus for the high school kids, but there was no bus for the, the elementary and the middle school kids. And so uh, in elementary school until the fourth grade, uh, I didn't really start going to school full time. Every now and then, actually, I would walk to the, I would walk a quarter of a mile to the, to the end of the road, and if there was room on the bus, I could get on, 
And if there wasn't, then I would, my brother would get on and go to high school because he was eight and a half years older than me. And I would walk back to the house and, and, um, which wasn't a house. It was a 35 foot travel trailer. So it was what we grew up in. So, um, uh, but what I'm, why I'm sharing, there's a reason I'm sharing this is because, because even though I didn't start out with a lot in the natural financially, when, as a child or when we moved to China, and even and because I started didn't start going to school until the fourth grade, I was really f- far behind in my education. And so I, when I graduated high school, I did graduate high school after we we, we moved to Oregon when I was in the seventh grade, between the seventh and eighth grade. And uh, I went to finish middle school in seventh grade and went to high school and graduated high school in Oregon, um, in uh, in in Central Point, Oregon, Medford, Oregon area. Um, but I had the lowest GPA of my graduating class. So there were people who had there were students that had lower GPAs but they didn't graduate. They were what we called super seniors. They were the ones that came back for a fifth year because they loved our high school, and they they so enjoyed watching our football team lose that they wanted to come back for a fifth year and watch our football team lose because we didn't, you know, our football team wasn't the the best football team. But but I'm I'm going somewhere with this. But so I but when I was in um, when I was a junior, uh, I was. I had a biology class, and I was doing so poorly in that biology class that there was no way, no matter what, even if I'd have got A's on all my tests and all my, uh, my, my my schoolwork and exams, I still wouldn't have got a credit for that class. So I thought, well, if I'm not going to get a credit for this biology class, I might as well just drop it, and I can go sit out on the grass outside the biology class and read my Bible because I'd gotten saved. And and I thought, and instead, of, my, my teacher's name was was um, Mr. Uh, Ledbetter. And so, uh, Mr. Ledbetter was telling everybody, when, it, when Mr. Ledbetter was telling everybody that they had, um, come from monkeys and, he, and, and teaching on evolution, I was sitting out on the grass, uh, reading my Bible. And so that's where I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And so then, but, but, so um, the grace of God came upon me, but because the, the Bible says that we'll receive power to be a witness. And so even though I barely graduated high school, and even though I didn't have a lot, with the grace of God, if you'll receive the grace of God and allow the grace of God to work in you and then work through you, you can do a lot. And so I'm just saying I wasn't in the natural. I wasn't the most, you know, if you know, if they do yearbooks, sometimes they'll write like most likely to succeed or most likely to fail or they'll, they'll write things in the yearbook about, you know, what they think, you know, based on your previous performance, I wouldn't have been the most likely to succeed. And so the things that God has done through me, He's done through me by the grace of God. And so uh, I want to share with that with you this morning, and then maybe some more tonight about the grace of God, and how it's working. And um, but Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one and two. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one and two. It says, "We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain." For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, this is talking about people. Let me see if I can move this down a little bit, maybe. It's a little hot. Um, this is talking about people not, can you still hear me? Okay. This is people not re- not rejecting salvation and not rejecting the grace that comes on us to be able to hear the gospel and and faith come from hearing the word of God and then um, receiving 
the grace of God and being born again. But there's a, there's grace for everything. There's grace to be able to do what God has called you to do in this season of your life. And it's possible for there to be grace that's available that you receive and don't do anything with. And so this morning I want to talk to you about the grace that's available and then taking that grace and using that grace to reach the world, to reach the lost, to reach your community, to reach your family, to reach your friends, to reach your coworkers, your neighbors, um, whoever it is that you're believing God for, or whoever's in your sphere of influence that you're working with. And that's how we've been able to do what we do is because we receive the grace of God. Now, I spent, uh, I spent six years studying the Chinese language. Uh, so I'm fluent in Chinese. I can read Chinese. I can type Chinese. I, 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 um, we, we translate books into Chinese. I have people to help me with that. But, but um, I do some of the translation uh, myself and curriculum, and I read over things and make sure things are right because um, sometimes it's, it, you got to get the spirit of faith across with it. You don't want just the word, but you want the spirit of faith that goes with it so that it goes in the right vein. But And so... Um, you know, the Chinese language is one of the most difficult languages in the world, if not the most difficult language. But you know what? It was the easiest thing for me in my entire life to study because the grace of God was there for me to do it. And so even though I barely graduated high school, even though I, I, I had the lowest GPA of my graduating class, when I, when I learned Chinese, the, the, if you told me in high school to memorize, you know, George Washington's birthday, which... I don't know why we need to know George Washington's birthday, but I guess it's important for some reason. I know there are important things in history that we need to know, but, you know, when George Washington was born or when he died, to me, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. You know, I guess things co- coincide with others. But um, but if you'd asked me that, to, to memorize George Washington's birthday, I would have had a really hard time memorizing that. I had to, I'd have to say it over and over again. And if, if you asked me to memorize things in the natural, it would, would have been really, very difficult. But when I started learning the Chinese language, there was a grace that came upon me to learn the Chinese language that those Chinese words just stuck. It doesn't mean, I mean, I still had to study for six years because there's, there's like, I, I can, I can read and type and speak about 2,500 Chinese words. And that's not just, you know, it's not an alphabet like in English where you've just got A through Z. It's 2,500 pictures. And it's not just 2,500 pictures. It's, it's a combination of 2,500 pictures, which means that the same word could be used multiple times with another word, and that makes an, uh, 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 if you use this word together with this word, it makes a third word. Well, if you use this word that was in the other word with another word, you get a fourth and fifth word. And so the more you take these pictures and put them together, it, it's how the language works. And so God's grace was there for me to learn. And, and even though I had to study for six years, which sounds like a long time, but if you knew how complex the Chinese language was, you'd understand. But I didn't have to spend hours and hours memorizing the characters. They would just stick supernaturally because the grace was there. Because that was what I was called to do. And so I want to go back to the scriptures they read during the offering this morning and read that. Because the Lord just spoke to me when, when, the, when he was sharing that scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, he was talking about that concerning finances, and it applies. But you know what? You can have an abundance of finances, but if you don't have an abundance of strength, then you can't do anything with those finances. There's plenty of people that have money, but they can't, but they're, 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 they're trapped in their bed, or they can't get up, or they don't have the strength to do what what God has called them to do, there's an abundance 
of grace that's available for you to have the strength to do what God has called you to do. There's an abundance of grace to be able to, to do every, it's not just about the money and the money's part of it, but there's grace that's available for, for, for my family to travel around the country and to preach in churches. There's grace that's available for my family to go overseas and preach the gospel in other nations. There's grace to just get up out of bed and come to church. But you can, but that grace can be available, but if you don't tap into that grace and if you don't receive that grace and you don't act on that grace, that grace will be there be just like the power in the outlet. There's electricity in those outlets that's always available, but if you don't plug into it and you don't receive it, you don't receive the benefits of it. If you don't turn the switch on, the lights don't come on. And so there's grace that's available. And there's in here it says that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Well, how many know work takes energy? It takes strength. It takes ability. It takes wisdom. And so it's not just about having the grace for finances, which is the main focus of the scripture, but there's grace available for you to do whatever you've been called to do. Whatever, and, and, and it doesn't matter what age you're, you're, you are. There's, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Doesn't mean if, doesn't matter if you're, you're five years old or if you're 95. God has grace available. But the problem is, most Christians aren't tapping into the grace of God. Most Christians are just, relying on their natural ability and that'll take you so far but it won't take us far enough to see revival in America and right now America needs the church the body of Christ Christians to tap into the grace of God for what they've been called to do no matter if they're five or 95 and receive the grace of God because we need some supernatural things to happen how many know America is not in a place it was Five years ago, it's worse off. And there, there's some things that God's, God's moving. I'm not saying God's moving and God's moving in churches and there's been repentance and there's, there's people that are crying out to God. But as a whole, America is going downhill. Morally, spiritually, church attendance, things have changed. But you know what? God, God needs us as Christians, as believers, to tap into the grace of God that's available and do some things that are supernatural. If you look all throughout the Bible, you'll find people who did things supernaturally because they received and relied upon the grace of God. People that were young and people that were old who did supernatural things beyond their ability. You know what the problem is in in the church in America and and around the world? Most people, God's grace has been there, don't get me wrong. God's been involved in things. He's, He's been involved in the church. But a lot of what we've been doing, myself included, has been just... We, things that the world can do a lot of times just by their natural ability, their natural intelligence, their natural, uh, strength. And we're to the point where if we're gonna see America turn around, if we're gonna see America come to revival, we're gonna have to rely on the grace of God and we're gonna have to see some supernatural things that are beyond our ability, beyond our strength, beyond, beyond our education, beyond our intellect. That's why it's so easy for me because, like I said, not, not that I'm stupid, but, but I, but I had a, I had a real hard time in school because I was behind in different things, but then the grace of God kicked in and I was able to do things beyond my own ability. And so you, you, we all can do that. But, but, but we have to tap into the grace. We have to receive God's grace and then allow it to work. I want to read another scripture here. First Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. Hallelujah. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So the Apostle Paul said, I'm not worthy to even be called an apostle because he persecuted Christians. And But at the same time, he said, yet the, the, he talks about the grace coming on him and him allowing, he, he worked with the grace. He didn't just let the grace come and then just sit there. He allowed the grace of God. He worked and he labored and he labored with the grace and the grace was working through him and in him. And so he was able to do more than most other apostles because of the grace of God, because of God's ability. Well, what is, what is God's grace? God's grace is his ability working in your life to do something that you could not do on your own. We're saved by what? By grace through faith. And there is nothing that you couldn't have done enough works. I couldn't have done enough works in the natural for for my sins to be forgiven, to be washed away. There's nothing I could have done in the natural to, to receive salvation by my works. But because of the grace of God, something that I could have never done became possible. And there's so many things that we need to be doing as Christians that are impossible to the world, but possible if we'll tap into the grace of God. So I like to say it like this. If you're not doing some things that are impossible, you're probably not really even tapping into the grace of God. Because if, if only if you're able to do everything that you would have been able to do before you were a Christian. And just but but you just a lot of a lot of what we do as Christians and I'm, I'm not just preaching to you. all, I'm preaching to myself as well. A lot of what we do as Christians is what we could have done before we were Christians, but we change our language. We add our Christianese to it. So we say amen and praise the Lord and hallelujah. But we're really just relying on the arm of the flesh. And so, you know, the Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And so I say it, I, I say it like this. I said, as, as believers, we should have just, we should, we should be going through cycles. We should have just come out of an exploit for God. We should have just left an exploit, finished it up, and thanking God, glory to God, thank you, Father, that you worked through me by your grace that we were able to do this great exploit and bring glory to your name. And then we should be right smack dab in the middle of an exploit at the same time. Just this is finished that exploit, and now I'm working on this 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 new exploit. We're in the middle of it. We're we're plowing through for the glory of God. And then we should be praying and preparing and planning and sowing and believing and listening for the next exploit. That should be a continual cycle. You should always be finishing an exploit in the middle of an exploit and on your way to an exploit because of the grace of God working through you. That's how if you look at the life of Jesus, if you look at the life of the apostles, if you look at the life of people, even in the old covenant that were trusting God, they were always on, on that cycle of finishing an exploit in the middle of an exploit, planning and preparing and praying and sowing for the next exploit. And so because of that, you can't... And so it, that scripture, I'm going to quote it again. It says, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. 
And so if you're here this morning or if you're watching online or if you watch this message later and you think, you know what, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had an exploit for God. Or you say, you know, I can't remember the last time, you know, I, maybe you're saying I've never done an exploit for God. That, that, and then I'm not going to tell you to go out and start doing exploits, but what I'm going to tell you to do is go spend some time with your Father God and get to know Him. Because the Bible doesn't say those that are well-educated and have a doctorate or a master's, they will be strong and do great exploits. Now, education is good, and God will use that as a tool to work along with the grace of God, but it doesn't say those that are highly educated will be strong and do exploits. And it doesn't say those who are rich and have millions of dollars will be strong and do exploits. Because if that was the case, then I guess Bill Gates would be out there doing exploits for the glory of God. But I have never heard him. Maybe he has, but I've never heard him give glory to God for anything that he's done. So he may have a lot of money, but he's not doing exploits for God and bringing glory to God. It doesn't say that because you're young, you'll do exploits for God. It says those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. It doesn't say, it doesn't say because you're seasoned and, and mature and, and, and you've got a lot of life experience that you'll do exploits for God. It says those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So it, 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 it eliminates all excuses if you're not doing exploits. It's not because God doesn't want you to do exploits. What I would say is it's because you don't know your Father God. Now, I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with God to a level. But the Bible says those that that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And so what I'm here this morning to do is to challenge you to receive the grace of God and then act on the grace of God and, and then... And, and, and then get to know your Father God to the point where the grace of God, you can work well with the grace of God. I don't know, how many of you, I'm going to ask this question, I'm going to say that, I would say that every person in this room, well, I would say 90, 95% of the people in this room probably can, drive, can or could or have driven a stick shift. Right? And so... And I can drive a stick shift. I learned to drive in a stick shift. But you know what? It gets to the point when you're driving a stick shift that you don't even think about it. You just you just operate that vehicle. You push the clutch in and you, you change gears and it's just a smooth. When you first started, it was you know it was jerking and you killed the engine and you know you're you're rolling back down the hill. And it, but once you've been once you get to know the vehicle and know how it works and 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 there's power there that's available in that vehicle. The engine, the power is available in the engine, but you got to know how to work with that vehicle to get the power from the engine to the clutch, to the transmission, to the drive, to the drive shaft, to where it can get to the the rear end and the power can be distributed. But but if you don't know that vehicle, there's no way to get the power out. Well, there's grace that's available for you and for me to be able to accomplish the will of God and the plan of God to be able to execute and 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 do what God's called us to do so we can bring him glory. But if you don't know God, then then it's going it, to it, kind of jerk along and you don't accomplish much and and it's it's kind of awkward. And so that's why we have to get to know God. That's why we have to spend time with our father God, getting to know him and spending time in his presence and worshiping him and receiving the grace and then letting the grace work in this area. And then God will multiply. The Bible says that Grace can be multiplied unto you. Not just added, but multiplied. 
And so this morning as I minister, I just want to encourage you that don't quit believing God for exploits. No matter how young you are or how old you are, God needs you to do something for His kingdom, for His glory, for this hour. You were born for such a time as this. And America needs revival, needs the church to rise up, needs every member of the body of Christ to rise up and take their place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up teaching the Word and then I'm going to share some uh, about our ministry. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so I say it like this, as sons and daughters of God, we should be expecting to be led by the Spirit of God. We should expect Him to lead us and to guide us and direct us in, in our lives, with our families, with our children, um, with our grandchildren, with, with, with our, our jobs and our businesses, in our community. We should be expecting the Holy Spirit to lead us because He promised He promised that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So as we're expecting God to lead us, if God's leading us, if you look at the Bible, every time God led somebody and they and they followed Him and they obeyed Him in that leading, there was supernatural grace that came available for them to do things that were impossible in the natural, that were exploits. They had strength beyond their years, beyond their age, beyond their physical ability. They were able to run faster and farther than they could have normally. They were able to do things. The grace of God was there for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The grace of God was there for Daniel and the lions then. The grace of God was there to do things that in the natural, Daniel would have been a snack. A tasty lion snack. There would have been... but, but, But... there's people who are going to watch this or who are watching this or, or maybe even in this room this morning that, it, that, that are looking at their lives and saying, you know, and I've never really done anything that, that, that was impossible in the natural. Now, there's many of you in this room, I'm sure, that have done many, many things that were impossible in the natural. And you've you received the grace of God and you've operated in the grace of God, but it's time that we take it to a, a higher level. It's time that we receive the grace of God and do and, and do more and 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 glorify God with our lives and glorify God with our bodies like never before because America needs the church to rise up. America needs us and and it, your exploit's going to be a little different than my exploit. Not, not, most of you aren't going to move to China and start a ministry in Asia. But you can do things here in America that I can't do because I'm over there. And you can pray for my family and our ministry, and you can do things in the spirit that allow us to be able to do what we're doing over there that we couldn't do without your partnership, without your prayers, without your intercession. I'll, I'll, I'll share, um, I'll give one of the stories this morning, and then I'll, I'll give the other one tonight, but, um, cause I think I'm pretty sure I'm preaching tonight, is that right? Okay, I'm gonna make sure on that, but that's, uh, sometimes I, 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 uh, so I'll tell you, I almost drowned in China. I came that close to drowning. I was in a lake. It's called uh, uh, Fuxian Lake. It's one of the deepest lakes in China. 
and it was in the early spring, and we were out there. It's actually a lake we go out. We do baptisms in this lake. But this day, it was just, I was there with some another family from Oregon, some other missionaries, and we were just out there having a, a day, kind of a barbecue picnic at the lake in China. And there was a buoy that was about a quarter of a mile out in the lake, just kind of floating out there. And I said, I'm going to swim out to that buoy. And I, you know, I was, I, I, um, I'm, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I was in the Navy, and I, you know, I, I feel confident swimming. And I grew up, um, after I was in Oregon, my neighbors had a pool, and so I would go to the neighbor's house and swim. And, and um, so I, I just, I saw the buoy, and I, I had shorts on, and I, uh, I, I jumped in the water, and I just started swimming. Just, I didn't really even talk to anybody about it. I just, I said, I want to swim out to that buoy. And so I jumped in the water, and I just, just started swimming. And I swam out to the buoy, and I got out there, and I was kind of tired when I got out there, because a quarter of a mile is a pretty good, pretty good swim, and you could just barely see it out there. And I, I, um, it was, it was more than a, it was a big, I don't know what it was, more than just a little buoy. It was a big kind of a thing I could wrap my arms around. And so I wrapped my arms around it and uh, was kind of, you know, trying to rest a little bit. Well, I didn't realize how cold the water was. Now, when I dived, when I dove in the water, um, it, I, it kind of, I kind of, you know, like, how many of you have ever dived, dove in water that was really, really cold and you kind of lose your breath? And if you just push through and keep swimming, your, your body, you know, burns some calories and produces some heat and, so I was swimming, 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 swimming. I didn't fe- realize how cold I was getting, but the water was so cold that my body temperature started to drop. And so as I got out there, and then I held on to the buoy and I stopped swimming because I, I rested, you know, because it's a long ways out there. I, I probably rested for a good uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And as I was resting, my body temperature was getting colder because I was in a really cold lake and I was no longer burning energy. And so I said, well, I, I need to get back. So I started swimming back, and I got maybe uh, a fourth of the way back, not even that far probably, maybe an eighth of the way back, and I got this horrible headache. And um, uh, because, and I, know, I don't ever get headaches. I just, I've probably had five headaches in my entire life, and, in, and normally that was when I, I'd had I, a couple times I had a sinus infection, and it gave me a really bad headache. And, and I just I don't get headaches. I just don't have headaches. And so, But I, my body temperature got so... Um, low that my, my, I started getting a headache and I lost all my energy. Well, then I started to panic. And so I'm out in this, there's nobody around. I'm out in this lake and, and I'm, I'm starting to go into hypothermia. And, and, um, so I started, and then I started to panic, which if anybody knows about anything, panicking is the worst thing you could ever do at any time for anything. And so I started to panic kind of, and, and then when you start panicking, then now I'm not really swimming as good as I used to swim. I'm sort of wasting energy and, and now I'm getting tireder, and I'm, 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 then I, as I realize that I'm getting tireder, and I've got a really bad headache, then I start to panic more because I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to make it back to the shore because I've got, I've got a headache, and I'm, I'm getting going to the hypothermia, and my body's getting really, really cold, and now I'm, I don't have the energy, and now I'm swimming the way I'm swimming because I don't have energy, and because I'm panicking, I'm using more energy to swim than I would normally use. And so finally. Um, the Lord woke a lady up in Virginia in the middle of the night because if it's tw- if, it, if it say it was twelve o'clock noon I, I think it was about three in the afternoon is what, about what time it was um, and if it's three o'clock well this is Florida time which is the same as East Coast time right you guys are so because Florida has two different time zones I think but but you guys are in the like New York and this part of Florida is the same right so so if it's three o'clock in the afternoon. In China, it's three o'clock in the morning here, and the same thing in Virginia, where this lady was at. And this is the lady that I had met when I was um, 
stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, in the military and the Navy, and she's a nurse at a hospital, and then we, uh, she was the nurse. I started volunteering at a youth camp and doing youth ministry, and so she was the, the camp nurse and the, the nurse that was there at the church if anybody got a cut or a, a, an ouchie. And so the Lord woke her up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and she started praying for and, and put me and my family on her heart, and she started praying in English and then praying in the Holy Ghost. And I believe as she prayed for me, you know, because think, thinking you got a missionary to China, and what's the first thing you would do if you're about to drown in a lake? You call on the name of Jesus, right? I mean, it's like a no-brainer. Well, that just wasn't what I did. I'm just letting you know. I mean, you would have called on Jesus, but I was panicking. And so... <laughs> And so she started praying for me, and it was like this peace came on me, and the, and and this I became co- coherent again, and I, I was able to get my thoughts together, and I called on the name of Jesus, and it was like when I did that, God was like, he, you know, he, God didn't call me stupid, but after He told me what to do, I felt stupid. So God would didn't call me stupid, He wouldn't have called me stupid, but I felt stupid because He's because He said, roll over on your back and float, and I'm thinking. Duh, like I knew, you know, so, so, when, when, but, but it took that person being woke up at three o'clock in the morning and receiving the grace of God to pray. And then God was able to get a hold of me in my panic and give me peace. And then I called on the name of Jesus and then he, and then he said, roll over on your back and float. So I rolled over my back and I floated. Well, it doesn't take any energy. I could float all day on my back without using any energy at all. And so I floated out there, for, I floated there for a while, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I, my wife and the people that were on the shore says the same thing. They don't even know where they really came from. And I'm not, I'm not saying it was an angel, but it could have been, but I don't, I don't think it was, but I don't think it was an angel because they laughed at me. I don't think the angel would laugh at me, but you never know with angels, you know, who knows? So, uh, <laughs> so this paddle boat, you know, those little boats that have the pedals like a bicycle, kind of, I'm not saying it came out of nowhere, but to me it came out of nowhere. I didn't see it. And I saw him over there, and so I'm saying, I'm you know, kind of waving at him and hollering at him in Chinese, saying, Jiuwa, and, and this was back several years ago, so I, I didn't know, have a whole lot of Chinese, but I was saying, Jiuwa, Jiuwa, which means save me, save me. And they were thought I was joking, so they were like laughing, ha ha, you know. I was like, no, I'm serious, I'm over here, you know. I was, I was, I was trying to drown myself. No, I wasn't trying to drown myself, but if it hadn't been for the Lord, I would have been successful. And so, um, they came over and pulled me into the, the little boat and they paddled me, paddled me back to the shore and it was several hours before my body stopped shaking and it warmed up and my head, the headache went away. And, and so I tell you that story just to encourage you that there was grace, that, that the body of Christ working together, you all doing your part here in Holiday, Florida or wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this and in, in prayer and in giving financially and, and in, and in, um, Doing what you're called to do, praying for your pastors here. Because you're, this, this church has partnered with our ministry and has sown into our ministry. So when, when I share in a minute what God has been doing, you all have a part in what God has been doing. And so, so you say, well, maybe I didn't give financially into your ministry. Well, if you're praying for Pastor David and Scarlett, and you're praying for the other leaders of this church, and you're praying for your brothers and sisters at this church, you're being part of the body of Christ that enables this church to do what it's called to do. And that's, that's one exploit. That is an exploit. That's, but there should be, the Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. 
It isn't just one exploit. You say, well, those that know their God one time during their life, there's going to be an exploit. And then once the exploit that you've done, once that one exploit is over, okay, I'm good. I don't have to do anything for the Lord anymore. I, I can just relax and retire and take life easy. No, the Bible says those that know their God shall do, shall be strong and do exploits. And so one of the exploits is just going to be, not just going to be, that, 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 that didn't come out right. That makes it sound like it's insignificant and small. One of the exploits is going to be being part of this church, part of the body of Christ here in Holiday, Florida, and praying and, and, and ministering to one another and praying for your pastors and leaders and praying for this church as this church impacts the community, and as this church is led by the Holy Spirit. And then God's going to have other individual exploits for each one of you. Some of those, it's going to be prayer is going to be the main exploit. Some of those, it's going to be giving is going to be the exploit. Some of those, you're going to actually go out and share the gospel with people. You're going to be involved actually in, in doing something that's supernatural that you couldn't do without the grace of God. So I'm going to, I'm going to, end with the teaching this morning, and then I want to share some of the things that God has been able to allow us to do. And then as I say as I say that, I want you to remember that if you're part of this church, because this church has sown and has partnered with our ministry, you have a part in everything that we're doing. So how many, did anybody, any of you like to mess with people kind of like, you know, they ask you a question, you kind of, kind of, Give them the, there we got one. You don't give them the answer that they want. You just sort of like to mess with them, kind of joking with people. So like the next time somebody asks you, you say, well, what did you do? What did you do yesterday? And you, and there's obviously somebody here that likes to mess with people. (laughs) So next time somebody says, what did you do yesterday? You can say, well, I was, I, I went to a leper village and I ministered to lepers. And they'll go, what? How did you, where was the leper village at? And then, or you could say, well, what did you, you know, what did you do yesterday? You could say, well, I went out and I, I rescued, uh, a girl from sex trafficking. Or you could say, I, I was out, you know, teaching Bible school students in China yesterday. Because, because of your partnership, because of your prayers, the Bible says you get the same fruit to your account as my family does when we go. And, um, I can tell you some of the things that I have to eat when I go, but I won't. I'll save that. If you want to know some of the weird things that I've eaten, you can come up and ask later. But, but things that you would never want to eat. Okay, I got to tell this one story. I'm, I'm, <laughs> just because it'll make you feel more thankful that you weren't called to China. <clears throat> so this was actually, this wasn't in China. This was in, in Thailand on the border where Myanmar meets. But there's a, a, a big orphanage. We have, um, uh, 69 orphans in this, in their Burmese refugees. And basically what happened was the, Bur- the country of Burma or Myanmar, they, um, wanted this, la- this land, um, and they wanted to, to dam up this kind of a valley and flood it and make a big lake. And then they wanted to make a hydroelectric power plant out of it. And so they wanted all these people and the people are called the Korean people. And so they wanted the Korean people to leave the land and give it to them so that they could make a hydroelectric power plant. Well, the people didn't want to leave their land and their farms and their homes and their villages. And, you know, they had many, many, years and years and years and years, generations of generations. So family members were buried there and all kinds of things. So they didn't want to leave the area. Well, the government decided they wanted it and the people wouldn't leave. And so they came in and killed most of the adults. 
And so uh, <clears throat> there's four orphanages in, in, in Thailand, all, and all, basically they killed the adults and all the kids, most of the kids and some of the adults that got away fled from Burma over into Thailand, and there's a bunch of these refugee villages or refugee camps on the border, and mostly orphan kids. And so uh, <clears throat> I was going one time to minister to the orphans, and we were taking food and things, and we, we feed them on a monthly basis. We, we provide rice and chicken and food and things for these kids, and pay the t- we, we've hired teachers to and pay the teachers' salaries so the teachers can teach the kids and they can get an edu- education. And so that's something you guys have a part of. But I was there, and, and uh, they bring this food out to me. And then before I start eating, they tell the story. And so it, what it was, it was rat. Have you ever had rat? Okay, I got one rat eater over here. And so, <laughs> and so I was thinking, I've never had rat before that that I know of. I have had rat since then that I do know of. But and so he tells the story. There's the guy, this guy here that's got one leg, and so he lost his leg when the Burmese government or the Myanmar government had come in and killed everybody. He lost his leg. And so he heard that I was coming, and so he wanted to do something nice for the man of God. And so, you know, uh, so so he went across the border into Myanmar or Burma, <clears throat> same country, just it's now it's called Myanmar. It used to be called Burma when I was in school, I think. But don't don't quote me on that because I can't remember a lot from when I was school because <laughs> we already established that. But so he climbed up in the mountains and he went hunting for a rat, which is a delicacy to them. And he, he catches this rat. I don't know how he did it with a snare or a trap or whatever he did. And he gets the rat and he's bringing it back. And so the Burmese army comes and says, they see him with the rat and they say, we want that rat. And he said, no, it's for the man of God. And I'm thinking, no, you really shouldn't have. No, just, you should have just given it to the military folks. They, they must have been hungry. You know, if they wanted to eat rat, they, they must have been hungry. So he said, no, it's for the man of God. And so he, he managed to talk him out of taking his rat. And so he brings the rat back and, and on, remember I said he had one leg. So he, and he doesn't have a prosthetic. He just has one leg with, like he's using like a, like a crutch, like a, and so comes back and they, he cooks the rat and he serves it to me. Now how do you say no to a guy that went on one leg over a mountain into another country hunting for you to bring a rat back for you to eat? So I ate it and it, it actually tasted pretty good, but you know, the idea of it was not all that much fun, but. So that next time you remember, you know, so now you think, you know, next time you're complaining about what you're eating, remember, it could be rat. So, so that's just one of the ministries that God, remember we left with $35 a monthly support and a seven month old baby. But then we received the grace of God to do something that we could not do in the natural on our own. In the natural, we, we could not be feeding 69 orphans every month. But because of our partners, because of their their gifts and their prayers and because of the grace of God and relationships that God has given us by His grace, we're able to do things that we couldn't do. We go into leper villages. There's 129 leper villages in the province of China where we live and work. And it, they're not big villages. They're small villages. But there's over a 1,000 lepers. And so we go to these leper villages and minister to the lepers and love on them and provide food for them and give them medical care and sh- pre- preach the gospel to them. And we build shower buildings. Uh, I, I learned how to um, lay block in high school, concrete block. So I, I, I teach them how to teach some of the, our Bible school students how to build block buildings. And then they, some of them will use it for a trade because they're bivocational. And um, 
Others will just do it to be a blessing, and some of them never use it again because if you've ever laid block, it's not something you're like, wow, I wish there was a block building I could build today. So, but, so we go into these leper villages and we build shower buildings and we build water holding tanks so they can store water during the rainy season to use during the dry season. And, uh, so we minister in leper villages. And, uh, we've seen entire leper villages because of God's grace working through us, we've seen entire leper villages come to Christ. And, um, we have a, uh, we have a, 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 two rescue homes for girls that we've rescued from sex trafficking. We've got 41 girls that we've, we've rescued from sex trafficking. And this is where it, the scripture that I said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Just doing little things in the natural, in obedience to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, will open up doors for you to be able to do things that are supernatural. But if you don't take that first step, if we hadn't have taken that first step to go to China with $35 a month in support when it wasn't naturally a good thing to do, but God was leading us to, and people were telling us, don't go, you know, there were lots of well-meaning people that said, don't go to China with a baby. Don't go to China with a baby. I said, China's got like 1.3 billion people. They've got the whole baby thing worked out a whole lot better than we do. I understand what they were saying. They were they were concerned for my family and my children. But if we hadn't have taken that first step in the natural, none of these other things would have come into play. And it wasn't easy, but we were led by the Spirit of God. And because we were led by the Spirit of God and we obeyed the voice of God and stepped out in faith, the provision now is coming and has come and we're able to do more and more and more as He leads us. And so we when we first got to China... We opened a restaurant, excuse me, we opened a restaurant as an outreach to a 16,000 student university. And so we bought, we rented this little uh, building next to the university and um, the university students would come to the restaurant to try American food or Western food. We had some Mexican food, enchiladas and pizzas and hamburgers and tacos and steaks and milkshakes and, and um, they would come to the restaurant to try Western food because they were curious because there weren't a lot of Western restaurants in that city. It was a, a small city of about 7 million. <laughs> so, But for China, 7 million is a small city. You, it, we, I think Shanghai is like 21 or 23 million, something like that. And Beijing, you're, you're looking at, you know, so 7 million, it's a third the size of some of these bigger cities. So it's a small city. And so, uh, and then we would help, we would teach English the Lord gave us supernatural wisdom, and so we would teach English, and the university students would come to practice their, their spoken English, and then we'd share the gospel with them. Or they'd come to try Western food, and we'd share the gospel with them. Or our employees would come to work, to, to have a job, and most of those were university students, and then we'd share the gospel with them. And so through that, right now we have 38 department heads that are over our different ministries in Asia. And 37 of those 38 came to Christ through that restaurant outreach. And so we, the people that are, because that, right now I, I'm, I can't get back over in China temporarily because of the, the lockdown for COVID. And so they're continuing to make things happen. There, there's some of them that are over our Bible schools. Some of them are, that are over the leper village ministry. Some of them are over the, um, the orphan ministry. Some are over the human trafficking rescue ministry. Um, but what happened was we had one day we, we had put flyers up at the university and we were looking for employees to come work at the restaurant. And so this girl came in uh, Friday Friday evening and filled out the application and said, 
you know, I'm looking for a job. And I said, come back Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and we'll do a job interview. And she said, okay. And so Saturday morning I got there and my manager that I'd hired and I was training got there. And so we got there at like 8 a.m. in the morning and uh, waiting. Nine o'clock came and she didn't show up. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. She came in three hours late for a job interview. And so I don't know if any of you have ever gone to a job interview or any of you ever have been employers that did job interviews, but she's probably the only person in the history of the world that ever got hired showing up three hours late for a job interview. And I'm sure there, I mean, there's pro- there may be ex- exceptions to that, but generally speaking, if you show up three hours late for a job interview, you're not going to get hired. It's just there's some practical advice if any of you are, any of you are looking for a job. And so... Uh, when she walked up, there was glass doors, just kind of like these glass doors here, and she walked up, and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. She showed up three hours late for a job interview, and she's still coming. And so uh, in the natural, I'm thinking, I'm not even going to interview her. I'm not going to hire her. She, you know, it's just, I don't need somebody that's going to show up late for work. And if you can't show up to the interview on time, what's the chances of showing up at work on time? But on the inside, the Holy Spirit was leading me to interview her. And so we inter- we interviewed her. And she was just as unqualified as everybody else that showed up on time for the interview. And so they were all unqualified. None of them had any experience. They were all college students, but at least they showed up on time. And so in the natural, I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to hire her. But on the inside, that still small voice was leading me to hire her. And so we hired her and she got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And she invited her best friend who was smarter than her because she showed up for the interview on time. So I always say, that's the smart friend, and then that's the friend that's not as smart as the smart friend. Don't say the dumb, don't say, you don't say the dumb friend, but you said the smart friend, and that's the friend that's not as smart as the smart friend. And then they laugh, but, and so, uh, she, her best friend came and got hired and got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And they went through our discipleship program and went through our Bible school and graduated, and then a couple years later, God put it on their heart to rescue girls from sex trafficking. And so what I couldn't do, I can't run a sex trafficking or human trafficking rescue ministry as a man. It's just not something I can do. And my wife is taking care of our two kids. By that time, we had had a second child, my daughter. Um, my, my son Joshua is um, 13. He'll be 14 in just a couple of days, the end of this month. And my daughter is 10. She'll be 11 in just a couple of days at the end of this month. Their, their birthdays are only one day apart. And so... Um, she was homeschooling my kids and take care of our kids, so my wife couldn't do it and I couldn't do it. And so God brought something, got brought these two girls into our ministry and into our lives that were called of God to reach girls and rescue girls from human trafficking. But if we hadn't have been led by the Spirit of God and we hadn't have tapped into the grace of God and we hadn't have believed God to do something supernatural that in the natural looked impossible... Looking at her in the in the natural, I'm thinking, this is an impossible case. She's already three hours late for a job interview. This is not the kind of employee I need. But God knew there was a grace on her life to be able to rescue girls from human trafficking. And so then her and her friend, they started going to these brothels and taking gifts to the brothel owners and to the girls that were that were being trafficked. And one day they went to one of the brothel owners that they'd been developing. A, they, were, they were doing it to develop relationships and to you know be a blessing to the girls, but to develop relationships. And so... One day they asked one of the brothel owners, they said, would you like to meet an American that can speak Chinese? And the guy said, which I wasn't speaking in tongues, I was speaking in Chinese. But what he, what he was saying was, I've never met 
an American that can speak Chinese. Um, and so I met him at his, he had a tea shop. He'd, he'd, he'd bought a tea shop um, and a tea farm up in the mountains that where they grow tea trees and they harvest the tea leaves. And so I met him at his tea shop and I shared the gospel with him. And just like the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit came on that man and he got saved and he repented and he shut the brothel down and he set a bunch of girls free. And now he's helping us rescue girls from other brothels because it's it's organized crime. It's it's like the mafia kind of. In order for them to do it, they've got to have relationships with corrupt government officials and corrupt police officials. And so, and they, it's a network. And so he knows all these people. So he gives us information and details. And now we do rescue operations where we go into these brothels and we rescue girls and we pull them out. And so I'll give you, um, I'll give you one more testimony about that tonight, but I'll give you a, 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 a COVID testimony that what the devil intended for evil, God turned around for good. There was a brothel that had 13 girls that they were abusing and selling. And because of COVID, he wasn't getting any business. And so because we had those relationships, just uh, uh, maybe a couple months ago, a month and a half, two months ago now, um, he came, he contacted us through a, a, a phone number that we'd given him that was so he could get a hold of us. And not not me, myself, but the girls that, that run the rescue rehab home. And he said, we're shutting the brothel down because of COVID. We don't have any customers. Would you take these girls? And so we got 13 more girls. And so, uh, before the beginning of this year, January 22nd, we also rescued eight more girls. Um, and that was a supernatural, the way the Holy, Holy Spirit led us supernaturally to a location and we were able to rescue these girls. But, so we went from having 21 girls and then another girl moved out and got a job. But we ended up, we, now we have 41 girls that we've rescued from human trafficking. But it all started through a restaurant that the Lord told us to open. Just a real natural thing, but being led by the Holy Spirit, and, and something that we couldn't have done in the natural, but the grace of God was there to do the restaurant, and we received the grace, and we stepped out in the grace, and we allowed the grace to work through us and in us, and even though we couldn't do it in the natural, by the grace of God, we were able to do it. And then we hired this girl that in the natural didn't look like a good option, but yet, because of the grace of God, she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and now, because of these two girls, we're rescuing girls from sex trafficking. And so... Um, the other thing that we do, and the, mo- the focus of our ministry in China is our Bible schools. We, we have um, 13 schools, like he said, uh, still have 13. We have 11 small schools in China, one in Laos and one in Myanmar. We now have 396 students. And so that our main focus is training up the Chinese leaders to, to know the word of God and to, to, to be evangelists and preach the gospel and pray for people to be healed and, and uh, minister the word of God and reach their nation. And in order to graduate, like he said, they have to be actively involved in these other compassion ministries, the human trafficking rescue ministry, the, the leper village ministry, the orphan ministry, the agricultural project ministries where we help people get out of poverty. God's just given us wisdom. And, and, and if you come tonight, I'll tell you the stories about how we're sending the gospel into North Korea by supernatural ideas and, and how a guy got saved supernaturally that was a North Korean military official because of a dream. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you that. you got to come back tonight. And so... Um, God has been so good to us. And so the kid that had the lowest GPA of his graduating class, because he received the grace of God. And I want to just read this scripture again that Paul said. Because there's grace available for you, and then I'll close. I, I went a little longer than I planned to, but 
Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. I want to read it again. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, say but, but by the grace of God I am what I am and His grace towards me was not in vain. And His grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. And so there's grace available for each and every one of you if you'll allow that grace and you'll labor with that grace and you'll work with the grace and you'll allow the grace to work in you and through you, you can do exploits for God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for the word. Father, we're so thankful for the grace of God working in us and through us, Lord God. Thank you for Grace Harvest Church. We speak blessing over this church. We speak wisdom over this church. We speak increase over this church. Father, we call this church a soul-winning church that's reaching the lost and reaching their community. Father, we call this church a church that's on fire for God like never before. Father, we ask you to give Pastor David and Scarlett a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you concerning the plan and the purpose of this church like never before, Lord God. I just speak blessing and increase and favor and wisdom and safety and peace and health over this church and every member of this church. Thank you, Lord, that every person is safe and protected from COVID. We plead the blood of Jesus over every member of this church, those that are here and those that are watching from home. We thank you for protecting them and keeping them safe in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for your goodness and your word. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ or you're watching online and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to lift up your hand. Anybody here? That's never received Jesus. And if, and if you haven't, no, everybody here is a believer, but if you're watching online and you've never received Christ, I want you to contact the church or, or make a comment. If it's on Facebook or whichever media you're using it, you can contact the church um, and somebody will pray with you and, and will lead you to Christ and you can receive the free gift of salvation. But if you say, you know, you're saying maybe you're here and watching and you're saying, I've never experienced exploits for God through my life because I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Well, you can make that decision today. And all you have to do, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and you confess with your mouth that God raised Him from the dead, that you'd be saved. And so you can do that at home. Uh, just if you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead and He poured out His blood for your sins to be forgiven, you can be born again this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for the people that are watching, we thank you for just allowing the word to work in our lives, Lord God, helping us to be doers of the word, bringing this word to our remembrance, Lord God, so that we can be doers of it, so we can bring you glory like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.